Do you know the main assault on God and what he's doing in the world is about who he is. The enemy of God seeks to distort the nature of God, to confuse, to sow deception and lies about who he is. And even as we worship you this morning, Lord, we declare the truth about who you are. That you make a way. That Jesus, you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That you are a miracle worker. That 2,000 years ago, you came to reveal the heart of the Father. And when broken bodies were mended, when minds were delivered, when provision was multiplied, when storms ceased and came under your authority, you were revealing that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords and all of creation bows to who you are. You are the miracle worker. That, Lord, you keep promises that you are faithful. That whatever is going on in the world, there's another truth that God is faithful and true. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That he is the Alpha, the one who started everything. That at his word, the world was made. And he is the Omega, the one who will make all things new and reign forever and ever. That you, Lord, are light in darkness. And we want to pray this morning over our own lives, over our households, over our communities that the light of Jesus Christ, not virtues, not words alone, not hope in and of itself, but you, Jesus, the light of the world, would arise and shine. That by your spirit, you would nurture and sustain and guide all people in our communities, all of us in your church and in our lives. That you would reveal truth and revelation as to who you are, the living God. And would you, Jesus, as your people, as disciples of you, as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, would you cause us, would you truly cause us, us, to be the light of the world, to shine who you are through our deeds, through our words, through our prayers, through the witness of our lives. May we truly be light in the darkness. Would we arise and shine? Your light, we pray. Just if you're with anybody, just grab their hands in their front room, in your front room. If you're on your own, just reach forward and grab my hand. We're together in this. We share the fellowship of the Spirit. We are together in the Lord even now. Father, bless this precious person that I'm holding hands with. May even now as we hold hands, it prophetically symbolize the connection that all of us have with heaven, with you, the Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit. We're welcomed in through what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago and through what he's doing now. Bless this person that I'm holding hands with. 
Cause them to be the light of the world, we pray. And all God's people said together, Amen. Amen. If you're holding hands with someone, give them a high five. (laughs) If you're on your own, do a high five with me. Boom. (laughs) We love you. You're part of this. We're thinking and praying for you. We're with you. We're alongside you together. We're one family under God. Grab yourselves a seat. And I have the privilege of uh, welcoming our new head of youth, Johnny Fossey. Um, We're going to keep saying he's new for a few more weeks, uh, but he feels like he's part of the furniture already. Um, One of the things we're doing this month um, is we are putting out just short two, three-minute testimonies about how we came to know Jesus. We want to put out the joy of salvation. And so we're just bombing the airways with these. I've asked Johnny just to share a bit about how Jesus found him, how Jesus won his heart, and then he's just going to speak into uh, what's going on today. So Johnny Fossey, welcome to the stage, my man. Thanks Here he so is. much. <laughs> so we're going to just reach out a hand towards him, socially distance. <laughs> we love this guy. Sarah Fossey, um, Johnny's, uh, Johnny's missus. Uh, better half. Um, Amen. <laughs> we're so thankful God has moved them here. And um, we just love them so much. So let's stretch out our hand. Father, we thank you for thank Johnny you, and for Sarah. We thank you that they left the big smoke. They moved to the countryside. Woo! They followed you, Jesus, into what you're saying. And we just pray that you bless them. We thank you for calling them here and appointing thank them you. and anointing them to to just lead our young guys to, to release revival right across this land. And we pray that you bless them, bless their marriage, bless who they are. And Father, as we gather around you this morning, we open our hearts to your word through Johnny this morning. Bless him as he speaks to us. May he just have such fun. May you fill him with joy and truth and authority afresh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. (laughs) Well, good morning. It's lovely to, well, see you in my mind's eye. Uh, if not physically. James thought we'd have a laugh at the start of this month of joy and roll old Johnny out to give a little sermon. So it's lovely to be with you all. Um, my story is one of, is, resembles the gospel of Batman. I don't know if you've read that gospel. It's not in the Bible. It's the story of this guy. It's fictional. Bruce Wayne, he's a little boy who grows up in a kind of rich family. And one day he's playing with his friend and he falls down a well. And in the well, while he's down there, his friend goes to get help. All these bats fly out. And, and for the rest of his kind of days as a child and as a teenager, he has this innate fear of bats that whenever he sees bats or, or kind of gets near them, he's just really afraid. But his, his greatest weakness, as time goes on, becomes the area of his greatest strength. And I hope that as you listen to some of my story, you take confidence and courage because to be honest I hated public speaking for many many years hallelujah but the nature of our father who redeems all things is such that where you are weak there you are strong because Christ in you can do all things hallelujah so I grew up in North London lovely little neighborhood that that is Uh, my mom is Greek Cypriot her parents had an arranged marriage which just kind of blows my mind and uh, in Cyprus, they came over, raised five kids, but sadly her dad died when she was very young. 
but she met Jesus as a teenager, and then my, my dad came to university in London, and he met Jesus uh, when he was studying uh, astrophysics. Clever guy, didn't get that gift, hallelujah. They met, I'm the eldest of four, eldest and best, as I like to remind my siblings. Um, why <laughs> my siblings are incredibly gracious. Um, but yeah, we grew up in North London, grew up going to church, hallelujah, it was a good time. I grew up in the vineyard predominantly, so there was some amazing values about the Holy Spirit being present with us today and how everyone gets to minister with Jesus to see his kingdom come. But to be honest, I didn't know it. And I thought you had to go to a tent in Somerset to find him, Soul Survivor. Big youth camp, thousands of young people, once a year. And I went there for the first time when I was 14. Prior to that, I'd seen God moving around me. I knew he was doing stuff, like the local postman. He's around. All right, Jeff, how you doing? Good to see you, mate. But I didn't know he could come and have a relationship with me in a personal way. John 17:3, probably my favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus is praying this crazy, crazy prayer because he's on death row. Man, this guy, Jesus, crazy. God from everlasting glory, steps down into a teeny-weeny baby in a manger, in a stinky stable. The Christmas story, we think we know it, but this is how God chose to came to the earth. Comes in humility, humbles himself in obedience, even unto death, tortured, brutally betrayed by his friends, and dies a criminal's death on a cross. Mental that this God, so on his way to that, he's praying, and if it's me, I'm praying for myself. But he's praying for us. John 17, verse 3. Father, I pray, this is eternal life, that they would know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent, that they would know you, all who follow me would know you, and Jesus Christ himself. Your greatest call and my greatest call in this life, which I didn't know age 14, is to know God intimately, personally, experientially. You are called to know God. Hallelujah. I wish I'd known that my teenage years more. But praise God I know it now. And that, the person of Jesus, praise God we're not up here peddling a little concept. <laughs> Do these five steps and you're going to have a renewed mindfulness experience. I don't know, whatever. Jesus is a living being. He's a person. And if he rose from the dead and ascended to the heavenlies and sent his spirit to live not just with you but in you, then you can have a transformed life. Age 14, I go to this youth camp. I did not know you could have God every day. But thank God for Soul Survivor and these moments that give us a foretaste of what God wants to pour into us forever, starting now. Go along. The, every night I'm getting sick. The last night of the youth, because my mum is a boss, basically. She used to have us in a strict routine, good Greek women, you know, Come on, go to bed at a certain time. You know, you eat dinner at a certain time. Youth camp, it's all out the window. I'm eating flipping Skittles at 9 p.m. It's crazy. Johnny's on fire. <laughs> and by the way, yes, my Greek accent does sound like Super Mario, if you're familiar with that. Anyway, apologies to any Greeks in, who are listening to this. I may offend, have offended. Um, last night, youth leaders prayed for me. They prayed that I wouldn't get sick. I stayed in the music for the whole meeting. There's thousands of young people, a bit like Luke and the band playing up here, big band playing up there, thousands of young people raising their hands. And I'd seen them all week. And I'd been hungry because I saw they had a freedom that I didn't have. But my friend's there and my cousin's there. So no way is Johnny, and I'm getting a headache. That last night, I don't know what shifted, but I raised my hands in the music and I just experienced freedom 
for the first time, really. Waves of love, waves of joy, waves of peace. And the kicker was, going home, I knew I was different. Suddenly, the things my friends are talking about and doing, I can't even stand to be near because my conscience has had an awakening. The next few years, I'm going off to Somerset once a year to get my God hit. Thank God for my church. Amazing people, some amazing grounding, more than probably I realize. But I just did not click that this same Holy Spirit who lived at Soul Survivor in Somerset, or now David's Tent in Sussex, is migrated from Somerset to Sussex. <laughs> I didn't know you could have him every day. I did not really understand that he wanted to set up shop in my heart and then blow out of me in every moment that the same God who was meeting me in that tent with thousands of young people, I could meet in my room. I could meet in the post office. I could meet going to watch Toy Story 7 with my friends at the cinema. Thank you, Lord. Come age 16, I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good guy. Everyone knows me as a good guy. One nicest guy award at sixth form. It's like the worst Second to me getting the best effort award in PE in year 10, which is basically like saying, well done, you tried really hard, but you probably weren't that good. Second to that award, it's not the award anyone wants. <laughs> You're nice. Nice has got to be one of the poorest descriptive words I've ever heard in my life. So I'm a nice guy. I'm depressed. I feel I'm on the edge of two friendship groups, liked by everyone, known by no one. And the main issue, I'm, I don't know that I'm known by God and I don't really know him in a personal way, daily. I'm coming home from lunchtime with my friend Joe. We're walking along the outskirts of a park where my school is kind of in the middle of the park. And I remember walking past the first entrance to the park. These two young men are standing there. And because I'm walking in pride and fear, basically not my identity, wearing an ego because I don't know really who I am, I'm staring at one of them trying to show him I'm not afraid of him they look intimidating. So I'm talking to my friend Joe, walking past, keeping eyes with this guy. We walk past. I seem to remember them saying something like four DVDs for a tenner, or I just heard them talking. And we hear a shout behind us, Oi, boys! Streetwise Johnny turns around, <laughs> just thinking, worst case scenario, I have no cash on me. I'm a packed lunch through and through. Thank you, Mum. She even removed, uh, I think it was crisps at one point, and <laughs> replaced it with fruit. It was a good time, lunchtime. <laughs> and uh, they shout, and I turn around, the smaller of the two guys comes up, grabs me, and then my mate runs off into the park, and the other guy chases him. In hindsight, I like to credit Joe with noble intentions, and Joe, if you're listening to this, God bless you, you're amazing, Jesus loves you, I don't know where you're at in your life, I know you're in Australia, God bless you. <laughs> I hold nothing against you. I wish I'd done the same thing. So the other guy chased him, and I think Joe is going to get the other school kids from the park, because these two guys have come up to us, they're not from our school. And normally, you band together with your own kind of guys, and you get out the outsiders. Little guys grab me, Joe's run off, and the little guy goes to me, what have you got for me? And I, in this moment, tried to psychologically outwit him, I don't know why. I said, oh, what have you got for me? Probably in a very shaky voice, because I was very... <laughs> probably quite afraid as far as I remember. And he looked confused for about a millisecond. And then bang, he whipped out a switchblade and got me in the arm. 
The next kind of few minutes, we had some interchange. He realized I was a mugger's nightmare, had nothing of value on me. I felt kind of sorry for him. It wasn't as bad as the time that someone took the phone out of my pocket and put it back again, but it was on those, it was kind of on that level, you know, where you're trying to sell the phone to the person because you're like, it's not that bad, honestly. You've got really good games and ringtone battery life is incredible. Didn't even have a phone at that point, poor guy. So we're walking along. I see Joe's been apprehended by the other guy in the middle of the park. And this young man I'm with, he either said one of two things, or maybe both, I don't fully remember. He either said was, oh, I can't believe all you had was cassette tapes. Those little, you remember, VHS, that kind of thing for audio? Mental, reveals the age. Or he said, now I'm going to get your mate two on one. And I either said one of two things. I either said something really noble, like, I'm not going to let you get my friend. Or I said, I hope you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, because that was what was on the cassette tape. <laughs> Either way, he didn't like it. He threw the tapes to the ground and poof, he stabbed me in the chest. People always ask, what does that feel like? For me, it felt like I'd been punched, but I probably didn't even feel that. The adrenaline was pumping. I, wasn't even, I knew it happened, wasn't really conscious of what the implications of that were. Pulled him towards me because I was angry primarily also a great move because it stopped him from going for the rest of my torso. Got me again in the kind of the back of my shoulder and I pushed him away and they essentially went off. Joe was okay, he was shaken up, he'd been mugged, he'd lost his phone and his wallet. He jumps on the back of a moped, goes back to the school. Ironic in hindsight, the mortally wounded should be the ones on the back of the moped. I walked back to school, I knew I'd been stabbed because I checked, there was blood. I walk back into school, feel like a living legend. All my friends have heard about it. They're looking angry. I get sent to the school office, because obviously the school office always know what to do in a time of crisis. They're dabbing me with cotton wool. I call my mum. Long story short, police come, air ambulance comes. I get taken in a helicopter to Royal London, and the doctor basically says, that young man should have been on the front page of the Evening Standard tonight, because of where he's been stabbed, millimetres from the heart and the lungs, should have been fatal. They said it hit the sternum. Discharged that night, I remember waking up in the, the lower bunk within the bunk bed I used to share with my brother. And I saw my dad leaving the room. I remember he just checked up on us. I kind of was sitting up in bed. But I saw someone else patrolling at the foot of the bed. I can only see kind of top of the thigh to mid waist, but I saw someone else patrolling to the extent that I almost said something. I remember being so exhausted, though, from the day's events, I just decided to leave it, and I went back to sleep thinking, it's probably my brother, he's getting up for his extracurricular maths, lucky guy. <laughs> but what is he doing? Why is he waking me up? Go back to sleep, wake up in the morning. Wasn't my dad, wasn't my brother. I had the, those conversations, and I remember my uncle saying, you know, Johnny, in the Bible, God sends his angels to look after those he loves. Praise God for my youth leaders. They gave me two books that dealt with the subject of eternity. Suddenly, from just coasting through life, being depressed, not really enjoying it, I had to find out, was there more to life than this? Was Jesus, was this God who I'd been raised with, who I experienced once a year, was he who he said he was? I've got great news. <laughs> there is sufficient evidence on a logical level to tell us that Jesus lived as a man, existed, died on a cross, and rose again in history. If you want to find out more about that, do Alpha. It's a great course. Or come and have a chat. I'd love to talk with you about it. I'm sure there's loads of people in church who also have that brain. But for me, it was so, so helpful. But the main thing that dropped into my spirit and my consciousness was, I'm going to stand before God at the end of my life, and I will be judged. 
And I remember having a vision of God saying to me, well done, Johnny. <laughs> you completed this computer game in 54 hours, this computer game in 40 hours, this computer game in 30 hours. And I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I wasted my life. What have I done with my life? I just spent it in front of a virtual reality. It's not even real. It's in the name, virtual reality. The great conviction that I had going from that place was I knew Jesus was real, I knew he was good, and I didn't want to see my friends go to hell. I wanted them to know him. Like I said, John 17, 3, eternal life, the quality of eternity, starting now, is the intimate, personal, experiential friendship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And I was hungry for that, still struggling, but hungry for it. I am so grateful as I've come through the last 10, 15 years, that the Holy Spirit is good at his job. One of the greatest pitfalls, I think, for us as Christians is to put too much onus on our own performance, even preparing a talk like this. The God of self that this age is exalting tries to come in when really it's not about me. <laughs> it's not about who cares what they think of me. Praise God, Jesus is alive. Jesus is the cookie on the outside and he's the creamy middle. Jesus is the sprinkles, he's the beginning and the end, he's the alpha and the omega. The beautiful truth of Christianity is when you put your hope in Jesus, he doesn't let you down. His love never fails. And my great exhortation this morning is my joy is found in this daily dosage of relationship, of friendship with the Father, with the Son and through the Spirit. Not because of anything I've done but because he chose out of glory to step down and demonstrate his own love for us in this, Romans 5.8, that while I was still a sinner, Christ died. Praise God, you didn't earn it, you can't lose it. <laughs> the in-house crowd are giving me some encouragement if you can't hear it. Thank you, Lord. I think that the Father wants to help us just shake off some of these religious demonic influences, these Pokemon that we're sharing a bunk bed with. Pikachu, get out of my house. There's only one calling in our lives, it's to know God. How do we do it? Step one, I'm going to break it down. This is what's helped me. You can do it anytime on any occasion. Behold him. We love because he first loved us. 1 John 4 verse 19. We love because he loved us. The way that you fulfill the greatest commandment that Jesus said to love God, you can't work that one up. You're not, I don't care how many cookies you're buying for the King of Kings or how many shoes you're scrubbing. You need to just sit down and receive his love. Behold, the Son of Man, the Son of God who became the Son of Man, dying on a tree. See his nail-pierced hands. See the crown of thorns. Know that it was us who did it. And know that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, he forgives you, he sets you free. That's your primary calling. Behold him. Step one, behold. And remember, praise God, if you've had an encounter before with the Holy Spirit, you can go back to that encounter. You can visualize it in your mind or the scriptures that have been gateways for you in the past. Meditate on those things. Taste them. Chew them over like fine wine, like good meat. You will encounter the Father again and it's beholding him that creates any kind of response in our lives, that empowers the second commandment. So first thing, behold him. Second thing, hallelujah, repent. My goodness, did this word get a bad rap through the years. Repent. It's probably one of the best words I know. 
repent. Get back into the penthouse of thinking about yourself the same way that God thinks about you. How does the Father think about you? He sees you as Christ's perfect righteousness. You are now adopted into his family. My goodness, if we could just get a grasp on the gospel for once in my life, help me, Lord. Flip, repent. It's like renovating a house. Do you remember that famous verse, Romans 12, verse 2? Let your lives be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In the original Greek, let your lives be transfigured like Jesus was, glowing like a little light bulb by the renovation of your brain. Get out with the old like you're doing a house, out with the clutter, in with the good stuff. It's the same for our lives. Read the Bible and repent. Behold him through this lens, through whatever lens, through creation. Behold, then repent, change, turn around. Out with the old, in with the new. If it's less than what he's thinking about you, it ain't worth keeping. Step three, just bask. <laughs> John 15, have a good drink. Abide in the vine. You don't have to do anything beyond this place. I remember doing two years of ministry school in the States, and this was the lesson I got. Your awareness for his nearness is the game changer for any situation you will face in this life. Your awareness of his presence, he's always present. So your awareness is key of his nearness is the game changer for any circumstance you will ever face. Jesus is the miracle worker. I don't care how many shabahundas you're doing in the background. You just need Christ. Sit down, have a drink. God, you're good. I worship you. In the post office, as I'm standing behind my masked friend waiting in the queue, I worship you, Jesus. I enjoy you. Pressure, we're in a pressurized moment at the moment in lockdown. Pressure always squeezes and reveals what's on the inside. It can be really painful at times to see, oh, some of this stuff I wish I didn't own. But praise God, it's not who we really are. And if he's doing it, if any pressure, if any bad stuff's coming out, it's just like a little growth that we never wanted anyway. Flick, get off of me. It's not who the Father made you to be. Primary calling, know God, enjoy him. I love replacing that, love God kind of uh, when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Enjoy God. Enjoy him. Behold him. Repent. Believe the truth about yourself. See him as he is, and then have that mirrored back in his eyes to how he sees you, and enjoy him. And when that enjoyment can't be contained because it's so flipping amazing, guess what? Outreach happens. I don't mind if it's you texting a friend from you being shielding or sending a delivery to someone or you just having a laugh with a person in Waitrose. The fact is, when we just simply enjoy the Father, he can't help but burst out of us. And that's my encouragement to us today. Right now is a time for light that shines brightly in the darkness. It is not a heavy yoke. It is not a heavy burden. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Drink deeply, my friends. Drink deeply. Jesus is alive. He loves us. He's proud of us. He's with us. There's nothing he hasn't done. We're just learning to shed the snake skin that tries to jump on us, the dust of the day. Get that off. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you real quick. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're good at your job. <laughs> we thank you that your word says, now to him who is able to lead us before his glorious presence, without fault and with exceedingly great joy, to him be glory in every generation, Jude 24. God, we bless you today that you will finish what you've started in each of our hearts, lives, and minds. Would you renew us, God, where we're weak? Make us more aware of your all-sufficient greatness and goodness and kindness for our lives. Thank you wherever we have lack. 
there is a scriptural promise and provision in the person of Jesus. Wake us up, God, to look beyond ourselves to you and then to be available just to do the little thing, the little next step of reaching out to see this world, this community, influenced and changed by your love. For the broken on our community, we say right now, be whole, be healed. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. We are your plan A, and you, you don't regret it. Amen. Shalom. Awesome. So good. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so good. So good. Um, let's just pray for anybody who, uh, they may not be 15 like you were. They may be older than that. They may be 15, just beaming into this. They may have been going to church for ages. They, this may be the very first time they've, they've clocked in on some kind of church broadcast. Can you just lead, lead us all in a prayer of just giving our hearts to Jesus? Oh. If there's anybody here, you've never done this in a personal way, as Johnny said. It's like you can be around church, you can be around God, but there comes a time where you've got to, as Johnny was saying, behold him and respond in the like. So, Johnny, would you just lead us in a prayer? If, if there's any of us here, and for all of us who walked with God before, let's just give our hearts to him afresh as if it were the first time. You know, this, in this lockdown too, catching the joy of salvation, of what <laughs> Jesus did, and responding with our lives to be ready and fit for purpose to serve and bless the world around us. Johnny, would you just lead us in a prayer? I would love to. And uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm going to use words that reflect where we want our hearts to be, but know that he sees your heart. <laughs> so if your heart is tuning towards him, you can use whatever words. It's a relationship. But why don't you just pray this along with me? I'll say it and leave a short pause. Jesus, I come to you. I need you. My life is messed up without you. Thank you for stepping out of glory into this world and dying for me. Thank you that because of what you've done, I am completely forgiven and set free from my old life. Thank you for the new life that I can now enjoy. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me for this new life. Thank you, Jesus. You never leave me. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that for the very first time, or if you were just praying that and just that was like a key moment of returning to the Lord, then tell someone about it. Tell someone at church, tell your kingdom family community leader. Reach out here. If you don't know anybody, then drop us a line. You know, you can find us on Facebook, drop us an email, just so we can connect you into the family here on earth that reflect who God is in heaven. And we'd love to just help you grow, to walk with you, to encourage you, and uh, to champion you as, as we all pursue Jesus and live for him here. Hallelujah. So, uh, just one final prayer. I just want to pray for, for youth stuff. And for Johnny as he just heads up the ministry, and for Sarah and the team, Jack and all the guys. Father, we thank you for what Johnny shared, shared today. Father, we just want to pray that that story of, uh, of out of a, a, a horrific incident, it just igniting 
a life of just following you. We pray that that you would speak through Johnny, through Sarah, through all the guys, but you would just turn around a generation of young people who don't know who you are. And Father, we're sorry where as church we've done a bad job of reflecting who you are and and in just hiding the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray you forgive us, but we just want to pray, Lord, in these days, in 2020, in 2021, in this decade to come, that you would return a generation of young people back to yourself, that you'd restore hundreds of thousands of young people to know you, Jesus. And we pray that you'd use this guy. We pray you'd use Sarah. We pray you'd use the team here. We pray you'd use our young people to reach into our schools, to reach into families, to reach young people right up and down this land and let them return to you, not for a moment, but for a lifetime and forever and ever and ever. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Right. It's all good. So wherever you are, stand to your feet if you're not already. And if you're with someone, grab them by the hand, share some palm sweat from an hour of church together. Share some palm sweat from a month of joy. And if you're on your own, grab mine. We love you guys. It's awesome. And uh, let's just take what's been shared today and live it out afresh. Let's share Jesus as he leads us forward. Yeah, we're in lockdown, but all of us have opportunities every day. It might be Tesco delivery. It might be going to the co-op. It may be going for a walk out and about, just smiling, speaking, sharing, loving people, just as Jesus did. And as we go from here, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, may he rest on our lives may be so tangibly present upon us and within our hearts, both this day and forevermore. Amen. Changtonbury, whoever's with us this morning, go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you soon.